Justified Season 6, Episode 7, The Hunt is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justified Podcast. I'm Josh Wiggler. I am joined here by a man who uh, I would always, you know, prefer to go hunting with this guy. This is the guy I love going camping with. It's Antonio Mazzaro. Call me your Kentucky Razorback, baby. Is that what I'm going to call you? Yeah, or uh, what was that? Yeah, just that. That's fine. You can do that or... You know, you can just uh, you can just put me uh, on some kind of uh, decompressed time if you want. It's always pig season here at Post Show Recaps, too. Oh, it's pig season in my heart every day, for every, sure. Every single day. Uh, and it's pig season here today as we were talking about a really, really big episode of Justified. You know, we were talking last week about how uh, it really seemed like things were going to be boiling over. Like, we had hit the boiling point, and it would be interesting to see how everything kind of comes out of the pot. Uh, big stuff happened this week. You know, the big breaking story is boy knows uh ava came out and told him and i wouldn't say he's okay with it but he's got a plan he's working with it i don't know man is that what you think because Um, he gave her an unloaded gun am i right about that you were right about that and then he loaded up the gun but he didn't do anything with that i mean he gave her the unloaded gun and that was the test and if she had turned the gun on him and shot at him probably would have killed her that would have been how he knew that she was not uh, gonna trust him anymore. Uh, so I think that she passed the test. I don't know. We'll, we'll hash it out. We'll talk it through. Uh, lots to talk about this week. We're gonna have to do it a little bit faster than usual. I am away this week from home. Uh, Antonio's got things to do tonight. So we're just gonna have to kind of go through this a little faster than we normally do. Uh, hope that's okay with everybody. Yeah, I hope so too. And we had some, we're loving the comments that are on our show pages at post show recap. So, uh, we're going to, I'm going to hit a couple of those for sure uh, from Susan Appleby and Brendan and BH fan and everybody that's participating there. But, um, but yeah, uh, well, if you, if you've got comments about this episode and we're not going to get to them tonight, but please do tweet us at them or, or go to that show page at post show recaps and we'll jump in and continue the discussion from there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, get your comments in because next week, Antonio and I, we're probably going to give you a supersized podcast next week. I would imagine. Uh, Antonio, do you want to tell them what we're doing next week? Yeah, we're going to my uh, my pappy's cabin in Bulletville, and uh, we're <laughs> digging up what a, we're doing. We're, we're digging a bottle out of the floor that I'd been saving for the night I got married. But for you, Josh, it'll come out, man. Well, you might be going and digging up that bottle, but you're bringing it somewhere. Where are you bringing it? I'm coming to see you in New York City. Well, not just to see you, but that's is really one of the highlights my, of the trip. It's for my birthday, right? It's for your birthday. Yeah, I'm giving you a nice little birthday spanking. Uh, you aren't supposed to tell me the gift ahead of time, <laughs> oh, and I will tell you now that I reject it out of hand. Oh, uh, well, no, you're going you're gonna, to, there's, there's going to be a hand involved, that's oh, for sure. Oh, you're going to get it. Uh, oh, so, yeah, so, so Antonio and I, we're going to meet in person for the first time since we went to upstate New York. And that, that no, thing. no, 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 what? no. We're staying downstate, and we don't talk about that. Oh, God. I'm so dumb. I always think about that. Anyway, I don't know why it just comes right out of your mouth. I just I have this trigger. I just think about you and I just want to tell everybody about that. No, no, no. We don't tell okay. anybody about anything. All right, anyway, so it's going to be the first time An- Antonio and I are seeing each other in forever other than that one time in person. It's going to be really fun. Uh, we're going to get together at a bar. We're going to drink some whiskey, preferably Pappy Van Winkle. And we are going to talk about Justified uh, Episode 8 in person. We'll take all of your comments, all of your tweets, all of your stuff. Uh, get that our way uh, at Round Howard, at AC Mazzaro, two Z's, one R, at Post Show Recaps, however you want to get that stuff to us, and we will have a great show for you next week. All right, so with that all said, all of that out of the way, Antonio, uh, let's let's dive into this thing, and let's start it. It starts right where we wanted it to. It starts with, um, it basically picks up immediately from where last week left off. Ty Walker on the run, Choo Choo, they think, is on the run, but he is 
he is no longer, he's not running anywhere. RIP Choo Choo. By the way, if you guys didn't listen to our Choo Choo podcast, Antonio and I, we interviewed Duke Davis Roberts, the actor who plays Choo Choo. So everybody should go and give that a listen. Really fun show. Uh, but yeah, so, so, uh, Rachel is trying to organize the hunt. Uh, she says some amazing things. She says something about chasing your own dick. Did you catch that? Yeah. We, we don't want to be standing in here holding it. Holding is what she said, I think. Dicks, yeah. And, and, uh, they were kind of surprised by that. And she's like, well, if I'm going to be running shit, I can say what I want. Yeah, like, Rachel. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. That's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Yeah, she's really just coming out. Uh, I like Rachel as the head of the office. I think it's good. Yeah, she um, she's certainly capable and up to the task. I mean, we'll see if her sort of weakness for Raylan or Raylan's weakness for her or or wherever their interactions are are going to cause a problem. But, I mean, she knows what she's talking about. She's dropping references to Eric Frain here. Who was like the one of the most famous? I, I he, he was he was added to the FBI's most wanted list and then immediately caught this last fall. So he's kind of a bad dude. Uh, and I thought that that like the Chris Kyle reference that we we kind of talked about uh, with on the Choo Choo cast. I think this is a nice little topical reference that uh, ended up probably paying off a little bit more than we expected there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, not everybody's coming along for the manhunt. We were we were promised that Tim is going to be taking out his rifle at the end of last week's episode. Sadly, we don't really get anywhere with that. Uh, Tim's really not even in this episode, pretty much. Uh, but Raylan, <laughs> he's a really bad babysitter. Uh, not somebody Raylan would ever want to leave Willow with. But other than that, yeah. we don't get a ton of Tim. That's about it. But Raylan, yes, as you just alluded to, he's got places to be. He's got somewhere to go. And uh, we're going to find out. We don't know it in this moment just yet. But Raylan is uh, has been paid a visit from 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 Winona. Yeah, uh and and I I think that this is interesting because Raylan basically tells Rachel like hey, I got stuff to do. And and Rachel I think is suspicious of Raylan like he's going to go off and freelance and she's like, you know, says something to the effect of like make sure your decompression time that you need cuz Raylan's all like, "Oh, all I can do is keep thinking about this horrible incident. I really need some time off." It's just being so fake about it. And uh and Rachel has nothing to do but accept it and she just is like, "Well, don't get into trouble basically." And what Raylan really has to do is Winona is in town. She's taking Uber. She's taking Uber. Did she take an Uber from Florida? I should hope not. She did mention something about a demon child hanging off of her breast through a couple of flights yeah, earlier. So, flights. yeah, so she did. She did take flights in a demon breast baby. But other than that, yes, yeah, she took Uber and Lex. I what guess. do you think is more expensive? Uh, a, a plane ticket two two plane tickets uh, from from where she is in Florida to Harlan County? Or do you think that it would be uh, more expensive to take an Uber from where she is to to Kentucky? <laughs> That's a very I guess if she goes with Uber X, maybe she could uh, pick up a ride share and get some kids that are coming back from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the happiest place on Earth. Yeah, by far and away. Have you ever been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? It's on my bucket list, bro. Is it truly? Yeah, well, I would love to go there. I have a friend who is the uh, conductor of the Hogwarts Express at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Oh, it's amazing. I've been yeah. there before. Have you? Yeah, I have. I was, I was there on an assignment once. Uh, nice. I was there on assignment. I was there. On a, I was there on assignment. Yeah, it was the it was the DVD release of uh, the final Harry Potter movie, uh, and they had like a big red carpet thing, and I got a butter beer out of it. It was great. <laughs> got, a, got a couple butter beers out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, forget, time. forget the Harry Potter people I talked to. I got a butter beer. That was sorry. That was about, yeah, you know, I baked it myself. Words and all. Oh, Hagrid. Yeah. Sorry about that. Is yeah, this, that's pretty good. Is this officially the first time we're talking about you as Smart Hagrid on a podcast? Yeah, uh, well, I think it might be. I think that uh, I had Bloom heard that that was uh, Mike Bloom. And listen, Mike, I've cleaned my look up. When when you see me, you're gonna you're not gonna believe it. I'm like uh, I'm like a, a half Hagrid. Like Hagrid's half giant. Now I'm kind of like just a hag. You're half Hagrid. 
Hagrid? Yeah, I'm just a hag. <laughs> you don't want to be a hag. You don't want, and you never want to go half Hagrid. I think you got to go full Hagrid. Uh, I know that gotta, runs counter to some advice uh, that sounds similar from Tropic Thunder, but I think yeah. you want to go half Hagrid. You got to go full Hagrid. Yeah, you don't want to go half Hagrid. You want. Oh go my Hagrid. gosh, I got to get the trench coat out then. Yeah, well, bring bring it to New York. Yeah, well, I, the, the thing is, that, you're going to need a trench coat for what no. I have planned for you anyway. <laughs> the chuds? Are we going to deal with the chuds? I'm not saying we're going flash dancing, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, just, maybe just a little bit. All right, Hagrid, but, let's, let's keep moving along. But here. yeah, I, I kind of like the uh, I like the uh, the idea that she might have popped a ride with somebody coming up from Florida or hitched it on her way up. But yeah. yeah, she probably I don't know how she you know, Uber's like that. I don't think Uber's been in Lexington a terribly long time. I, I haven't spent a ton of time with Lex in the last uh, couple of years, but. I know Uber wasn't there uh, as of about a year ago, so I think it's relatively new in Lexington. So good for her for doing her homework and realizing she could just pop it, uh, pop an Uber in Lexington and, and make it out wherever she needed to go and probably get treated uh, in sexist, horrible ways at the same time. Winona's a smart cookie. She knows what's up. Oh, she's really smart. She's like she's very she's like very, very smart. Well, uh, speaking of like draining your bank account and dying in an Uber, how about somebody who's actually dying in a car? And it's Ty Walker, who has been shot by by Raylan and Tim from the past episode. He does not seem to be doing so hot. Uh, And he calls Avery Markham because he needs an extraction if it's still available. Yeah, he wants his exfil. And the thing is, like, um. Why? Why in your mind did he place this call? Did he did he place it and it wasn't going well? So he gave him a fake location. Was that your read on this scene? Yeah, I think, you know, you know, why wouldn't he call? Uh, You know, if if part of the contract, whatever contract he's got with Markham is he's got some kind of extraction deal. uh, Go for it. And then, you know, thankfully for Ty Walker, he's smart enough to realize, oh, this is going to end in them giving me the choo choo treatment. So I should probably figure out my own plan B. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure if he I mean, he probably could have read that a million miles away before he even made the call. But I do wonder I, I did wonder why he was making it to begin with. I mean, I, I just kind of figured like he, he should know that this is going to work out. And maybe he was trying to, to play Seabass or to take Seabass against Markham. And I think Markham recognizes that in the scene uh, and is like, hey, listen, you can go do what you want and, and you can try to figure this out. But, uh, you know, I want you to be my guy. I don't know, you got to lay low for a while. I just I mean, I think that he kind of brought him on board, you know, and uh, maybe I think maybe if that hadn't happened, maybe Seabass helps Ty, maybe he doesn't. But I think the fact that Markham recognized that might have been Ty's play and kind of stepped his game up there, I think is is, is what Ty recognized. Are you surprised with uh, Seabass? With Seabass <laughs> taking the money and, and basically agreeing, all right, I'm not coming for Ty Walker. I'm not positive that we've seen the end of that. Uh, I'm really not because I, and I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it where we leave the end of this episode. I still think that that could be in play uh, with Seabass kind of playing both sides. I just don't, I don't know that we've really seen the end of Ty Walker and Seabass. I I thought he might've actually been calling him when he was trying to get a cell phone signal there. So I don't really know that we've, we've seen the end. So I would say I'm surprised in the moment that he would cut his, his friend out and kind of cut the military loyalty out but remember Seabass was a little put upon he felt like he had been kind of saddled with Mundo and it de- definitely yeah, he sounded didn't care for Choo Choo that much I don't think yeah it definitely sounded like Ty was the one that was kind of carrying the torch for Choo Choo uh, and and so maybe Seabass felt like Ty did him wrong did him dirty by kind of saddling him with the task of working with uh, working with Choo Choo uh, what Seabass perceived as being saddled of course but uh, but maybe so maybe that he doesn't have as much loyalty to Ty as a result of that but on the other hand if they had any 
kind of time together in service, I, I got to think that that outweighs the money that Markham's given him to a certain extent, although that looked like it might be a fair amount of money. Looks like a lot of money. How much money do you think that was? I, it was a several thousand dollars. I mean, I don't know if it was in the tens of thousands, but it may well have been. And uh, regardless, whatever was there at that moment, Markham says, like, I, you know, this isn't about the money. It's about loyalty and I need yours. And more than that, it's about freedom. Uh, and if you stay loyal to me, I'll fix it so that the only thing you ever have to only person you ever have to take orders again from is yourself. Yeah. Uh, so he's promising to set him up for life. Well, and I do think he used some good logic there when when he said to him, like, he's burned, he's rogue, he's out, you know, like, what are you really going to do for this guy? Like, okay, so you show up and you pull him. Then we've got the biggest fugitive in the world and they know exactly where, you know, they know exactly where he's been working. So they're going to come right here and look for him. I'm I'm candidly, I'm surprised they weren't there already. Uh, And and so. And there's no point in pulling this guy out of this situation because without me, you're, you're got nothing. You don't have the resources you need to get him out. I was his only exile plan, and if I'm not on board, there's no point in you going and sticking your right. neck out. So I think he makes both a logical play and a, a cash play, and I think both probably equally have an impact. So, so good on, good on Avery Markham. He's a, he's a snake that Avery Markham. You know, we talk a lot about uh, on this podcast. We talk a lot about uh, Chekhov's gun in the drawer, uh, and we apply that to a bunch of different concepts. You know, um, you know, uh, Mags Bennett, Chekhov's apple pie, and things like that, or or uh, Quarles, Chekhov's gun up the sleeve. This is literally Chekhov's gun. Uh, Avery Markham in the drawer where he has the cash. He just has a handgun in there. Uh, were you thinking that he was going to use that for anything? Obviously, he doesn't. Do you think that he is going to use that for anything at some point down the line? Do you think that we will see that gun come out of that drawer uh, in that exact location? Oh, yeah. That's about as Chekhov's gun as you can get. As you said, literal gun. So I do in think a drawer, that in a literal drawer. I, yeah, in a literal drawer. So I don't I, I you introduce that in the middle of the season. They got to have it being used by the end of the season. So I don't I don't think there's a point to showing that and having that play out similar to you know similar to to kind of similar things we've seen in this series where we've got check off kind of setups when we see this setup here uh it, knowing that that's there is is kind of a weight that'll drop and so even if the way it plays out is Raylan kind of gets in a confrontation with Markham in that room down there and you know that and Markham's like I'm unarmed and Raylan's like oh well I think you're armed no I'm not I'm not armed you know and he checks him out or whatever and doesn't realize that the gun's in the drawer like that will be big for the audience and it'll be a good way to kind of play that scene out so even if it doesn't get fired uh like Chekhov would suggest i knowing that it's there is already a nice little narrative device that the audience knows that our characters won't uh and that will play i'm sure that'll play out in a scene later on what all right let's let's move on to uh to ava's house we're picking up right after the big cliffhanger from last week with boyd finding out from limehouse that ava had come to see him uh Boyd, at, at first glance, seems to be taking it fine. He's putting on an act. You know, we've been seeing Ava Crowder act all season long. Now we get to see what it looks like when Boyd Crowder is just putting her on. Uh, what did you think of this scene? Yeah, I mean, I really do like the role reversal, as you point out. And I, uh, I, I, it was, it's difficult to watch, though, because you know... I mean, all the scenes with Boyd and Ava until the truth comes out in, in this episode are just so tense, right? Like it, it, you, because we know as an audience member, there's a famous part, and I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything, but in, in Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo, there uh, there is something it's the, that it's the, mor- the moratorium's lifted on that, right? 
I know, but I, it's one of it's probably it's like how mo- many years old? Is most points of my life's live, it's been my favorite movie, okay. and so I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Sure. Even though I agree, the moratorium is lifted, but there's a point in in that uh, Hitchcock has a very famous kind of set of conversations with Francois Truffaut, who was a filmmaker, a French filmmaker, and it's just these two guys talking about their craft and their fascinating reads, and they're talking about Vertigo, and there's a very important thing in Vertigo, like most of the film, all the way through, like almost all of the film. Uh, everything is seen through one character's point of view, not point of view shot, but you're not seeing anything or experiencing anything that this character isn't. Then about uh, midway through the film, you experience and see something that that character hasn't seen. You learn a piece of information that our main character, who you've spent the whole movie uh, knowing about, uh, you learn a piece of information that, that he doesn't, Jimmy Stewart doesn't know about. And from then on, every time Jimmy Stewart comes into a scene, it's like there's so much suspense. It's like, how's he going to find out? Is he going to find out? It, it the suspense becomes not like what's this story about to this character who I have come to know everything about this world through. I know something he doesn't. That's crazy. Like, right. how is he going to react to this? And so we know us knowing something that Boyd knows that Ava doesn't. It's just so painful as we sit there and we're watching things Scary. through Ava's eyes. Yeah, because because even though Ava has every right to be on edge and suspect that Boyd uh, is kind of doing things that uh, are untrustworthy because she's been on edge the whole season, we don't know. <laughs> she does has no clue that Boyd definitely knows something is up and that this whole cabin thing and Bulletville thing is his way of finding out. So it's way worse than anything she could possibly suspect in that he definitely knows and is definitely lying to her. Like it, it's rough being on the audience end of that one for her. And then this scene, as well as all the others, it's like, yeah, it's a great role reversal, but it's just so hard to watch uh, as she's sitting there kind of like, yeah, that's cool. We can do that. Oh, you want to go? And, and, and Boyd in this scene is like, I wasn't really asking that. Uh, I need you outside in five minutes in the truck or whatever. And it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And the great thing about Walton Goggins in this episode too, is like, there's just like an amazing balance between menace and, uh, uh, you know, that the the facade that he's putting on, uh, as well as just being, you know, obviously very wounded, uh, which comes out at the end of the episode, but it's bubbling underneath the surface this entire time. But like specifically that moment where he says, uh, I'm not asking, you know, I'm I want to see you first thing in the morning by that green mountain light. Like when he says I wasn't asking, you're like, oh, shit. Well, yeah, uh, he's like he's just going to take, you know, he's just going to let her know right now. Like this is like this is it. This is the real like I'm taking you out to the woods to kill you moment. But then he like just like shifts into this gear where he starts like saying it in like his his sultry Boyd Crowder way. He's like, I want to see you first thing in the morning by that green mountain light. Uh, it's like, oh, my God, he's really good at like switching gears. So the whole thing, it's just it's very nuanced. Uh, his performance this episode, uh, I think that this is one of Walton Goggins very best episodes of Justified. Yeah, I agree. And and more to, more to the point, and we'll get to this, but later when sort of things come out and come spilling out and he puts on a little bit of a maybe it's a facade, maybe some of it's real, uh, maybe some of it's all maybe all of it's a lie uh, kind of performance. Well, for I Ava. think the thing with Boyd is like at least some of it is always a lie. I don't think that there's ever been a fully, completely authentic version of Boyd around another person, at least. Like, the only thing that I can think of is when he's screaming in the car in season two after he's, like, taken that guy for the ride and drops him on the side of the road. Yeah. Other than that, he is, there's always, even with Ava, uh, there's a little tinge of dishonesty, if only that he's lying to himself about something. 
Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's true. Uh, and, and, uh, what was further complicated about that is, is that I'm not sure Boyd ever necessarily really knows who he is. And I think that part of the Boyd Crowder in this series has been a struggle to sort of figure that out so that when we see him in season one, and he's talking with the neo-Nazis and he's doing all that. And uh, it's kind of revealed that he's smarter than this. And this may be his just way of building up some loyal people for whatever other purpose he has. Uh, and then we see him kind of, at, he's again, later in the season, building up a camp of people. But it's way less with the neo-Nazi vibe and way more with this sort of weird kind of separatist. We want to miss, maybe we're just going to go out here and be religious separatists, like a cult almost, but not really. And we're just, we're just out here to do what we want. But then there's guns that are hidden. And then by the beginning of season two, he's back in the mines and he's telling Raylan, like, I just want to be a miner. And it seems like that's true. Seems so. But then later on, he's like, well, I, you know, I just I, everybody I'm sick. I'm tired of everybody calling me a criminal. I just decided to be what you finally already told me is what it ultimately amounts to. So it's like I'm not sure how much Boyd has ever really known what Boyd is or what Boyd wants. And I think that he is sort of motivated by these kind of impulses and these desires. And certainly as we find him later in the series, I do believe that he really did want to kind of get out and, and get Ava. But just as soon as that's kind of what he what he's talking about, and I feel like I'm sure of that. He's saying, I want to stay in Harlan and I want to be the king farmer in all of Harlan. And it's like, dude, what do you want? Like, do you want to ride off into the sunset or do you want to sit here and wait for the sunrise and set and, and work your farm? It's not clear at all. So I don't know if he ever really knows. So, yeah, a lot of it is a put on. And sometimes I think it's him convincing himself and looking through that through the eyes of others for that validation. And I think that uh, I think in this episode, though, I do think that his acting um, to us is a lot more clear uh, because we do have that moment where we see him at the back of the truck with the gun and the uh, and the different clips. And so some of that was for sure put on on purpose. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So they're going to Bulletville. Let's go to Raywin's home. Winona is there. Hi, Winona. Hi, Winona. Love you, Winona. Love you, Bay. Love you, Bay. Is there anything to say right now? I mean, there's more stuff to say later on. Did you expect? Were you surprised we got Winona? Uh, I was excited that we got Winona. I don't know if I was. If I was like, I wasn't like shocked. I was just like, oh, sweet, Winona's here. Uh, it wasn't. You know, there have been other people who've popped up this season, Limehouse, Errol, where I've been like, wow, okay, sweet, or Loretta being like, whoa. Uh, didn't expect that coming right now. But Winona, you know, you expect Winona to pop around every once in a while. So here's my question. Uh, I don't know if you have it handy or not, but I, my thought during this episode at points was, man, I can't remember who we drafted in our character death draft. I don't recall. I don't have it in front of me. I feel like we vaguely thought that Winona, and you guys can remind us in the comments or we can revisit this on our next podcast, but I feel like we thought Winona and Willa were, were kind of untouchable because they were in Florida. And... Uh, and I'm not sure that that's the case anymore now that they're back. They're, they're back for reasons that will soon be revealed that are pretty freaking intense. Yeah, I I hope that I hope that they're OK. Uh, I, I don't think that they're in trouble, but that might be just me being naive. Uh, I really I don't I don't know what I would do if this show killed Winona and the kid. That would be maybe too far for me. Yeah, they'd and I don't do it. They'd have to really sell it like they'd have to the, the writers would have to really have a very good reason to do it. 
Well, and I don't think there's any way they can do it that is any less harrowing than um, – and I'm not going to spoil anything, but some some people die at the beginning of season two of The Americans, and I won't say exactly who yeah, it is. Yeah, please Just, don't. I haven't watched it. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a major death, but it, but it drives the, the context of the whole season, and, uh, and it, it's treated with the very proper kind of respect that it deserves. Uh, and, and I'll say that uh, there's no way they could pull this off without that being – without Winona dying being like – the focus of the show right like that would be like the tone everything would significantly change like everything would have to change on this show if that were to happen Winona and and the child especially uh, and I just don't see that how that how that'll happen but will they be put in jeopardy seems possible seems possible okay well let's go down the mine that's our our next scene and it's our only scene in the mine this episode is uh Zachariah and Carl what did you think of this one well, let's let, let's let's put this in a juxtaposition or, or track this or check it with our the way we kind of looked at the Carl or, or looked at really the Zachariah action from last episode. So Zachariah has obviously called Carl uh, after uh, he pushed the pig into the pit. Mr. Handsome. Uh, Mr. Handsome, the pig. The handsome man has gone into the pit. He fell in it. The pit. I heard it was pig season. It was his pig season here in Kentucky, so so that that makes some sense. But um, yeah, so he's he's obviously called Carl. Carl's down there, and Zachariah's like, we need to go to the person's house and go in person and pay our respects. And I think he's talking about Boyd. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I feel like he's talking about Boyd, unless he knows the pig's family. Because because Carl's basically saying, well, this look the pig. He's not, he wasn't Boyd's man anyway. He was kind of a mercenary. And uh, Zachariah's like, it doesn't matter. Don't tell me how I should be, you know. And he's faking all this emotion about this death that he caused. But I'm wondering if we operate under the assumption that he has some kind of end game here. I'm wondering where the visiting Boyd at his house, and we all have to go. Kind of end get. Where does that come into play? Like, what is he trying to do with that? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, unless, you know, the plan is to, like, pick these people off very, like, efficiently. Like, you you push the pig down the thing, then you and Carl go to Boyd when Boyd is obviously in a weakened state from almost falling down before. And while everyone's off guard, you just blam, 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 done. Over. Uh, But I don't know. I I mean, I like your theory of Zachariah is working some kind of angle. We just don't know enough about this guy to have any sense of what that is. No, and, and I think that's right. And, and, and so the reason I bring the, the let's visit him at his house kind of thing up is as we're tracking this going forward and, and trying to figure out and suss out what his angle is. And if anybody has any theories, please put them on our show page at postshowrecaps.com. But what I would say is that, that, that this is another piece of evidence, right? Like this is for some reason he really wanted Boyd to be up. And then for some reason he also really wanted to go to Boyd's house as a unit, like together uh, to mourn this guy. And I don't know if that's because he wants to hear every every bit of what's told about this. So he wants to know or if he wants to be the one to deliver the news, he doesn't want it without him. That's a fairly simple explanation or if there's some larger plan in play. Uh, but I do think that he either that there's two possible plans or maybe they're the same plan. He wants revenge on Boyd uh, for his beef with the Crowders. Uh, and I think he might want this score for himself. Uh, and I think he's trying to find a way to make both of those things happen, uh, get his revenge and get the score for himself. Uh, and I, I ultimately think he's going to be doomed by that. But Boyd, I think, is blind to all of this happening because of everything else that's happening with Boyd. So this could be something that sneaks up on him. 
Oh, yeah. Well, Boyd is blind to a lot of things. I mean, he's no longer blind to probably the most important blind spot, but there's still just so much that he's just not even he's not even close to being aware of. Um, all right. So let's go back to Raylan's and we find out some some scary news about Willa. Uh, she has a grade four heart murmur. Yeah, this is well, this is like the conversation that if you have like a, if, if you've got somebody visiting and you're like, oh, this is a really nice, sweet visit. This is the conversation you don't want to have. It's like, oh, yeah, came up here because I trust this doctor better because the doctor has a heart murmur. And oh, yeah, uh, I also have this thing going on. Oh, yeah, I also have this thing going on. Oh, can we talk about the custody of this kid? It's like, oh, my God, like at the very time when Ava needs Raylan most, he's just being bombarded with all the stuff that he's ignored. This is the way it works you ignore these little things for uh, for so long then they become very big things and it all comes out at once and so this is sort of he's paying the piper here uh he should have known his daughter daughter had a heart murmur but he hasn't been involved in her life in any meaningful way he should have discussed the custody situation but he hasn't been involved and available to do that uh but i also thought this scene was funny outside of just dropping stress bombs all over Raylan. a couple really funny things in this scene mommy and me yeah that was really funny when uh you go when, to mommy and me classes when, but, but I no, not anymore. I mean, I went, but there's a restraining. You're order. You're a mommy and me class crasher. There's a restraining order. You're a mommy and me class collector. I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not even really sure I'm allowed to talk about it. To be oh. perfectly honest with you, it's like um, upstate New York and how we can't talk about. We what don't. We, that's my rule, and I under. I really don't understand why you don't follow it, but. But no, the mommy and me thing. I. I'd rather. I would rather personally. It's, it's a dark. Dark times. I, okay. Look, I thought the me met me, all right? Like, I thought that's what it was. <laughs> it's not I'm, Mommy and Antonio. It's I'm not just Mommy such a, and Mazzaro. I'm so narcissistic, <laughs> so self-centered. So like, what, I else, just, what else did you think was funny? You like the Wallace Shawn reference? Inconceivable! inconceivable. That was fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> Wait till I get going! <laughs> yeah, I that's loved really it. That's really good! <laughs> that's really good! <laughs> <laughs> the minute wow. his head comes into view, hit it with the rock. Hit it I with the it. rock. I just loved it. I love of all people to dig up. You're digging up Wally Sean. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I guess that means what? Bald with a little hair on the sides. Yeah, short. And sort of a duck mouth kind of yeah, short. Kind of kind of look like the, the tortoise from the tortoise and the hare. Yeah, that's just uh, it's just it's not a blind date. Uh, no offense to our, our man Wally Sean, but that's not a blind date you want to be on. Although I guess if you wanted to have a dinner with Andre, it might not be a bad deal. That wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, I. Why didn't why don't we have Wallace Shawn on Justified? This is, what if oh my god, what if Wallace Shawn gets cast as this guy Randy and shows up at some point in the next few episodes? <laughs> Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> Raylan. Yes. Time for our date. I no, mean, let's I don't. be let's be serious here. Would you say uh Wallace Shawn upgrade or downgrade from Gary Hawkins? I'd oh, go man. upgrade. Way I upgrade. think I, I think upgrade too. I feel like that's an upgrade. I feel like Gary is just so unctuous, so slimy. Uh, he's a realtor for crying out loud. Crying and then, out loud. And, and no offense to any realtors out there, but uh, Gary is like the but stereotype. Plenty of to realtors. He's like the stereotype you don't want representing you. He's like the Kyle Broslovsky's mom of stereotypes. It's like, okay, stereotypes are probably bad in uh, most instances. But when you're, you're talking about like, the like for example, I'm Italian. Then there's probably a very negative stereotype about Italians. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I don't want, I don't want to be like that either. So it's like the rest of it is like whatever. But I don't think you, if you're a realtor, you don't want to be the Gary Hokaboom. He's kind of, some of his realtor stuff is fine, but he's always running scams and schemes and lying and that's not what we want we don't like that as a reputation 
Yes. <laughs> Wait till I get going. Never but, uh, mess with a real tour when death is on the line. When it smells like cookies, <laughs> I could clearly not choose the wine in front of me. And let's, um, be, let's be serious. Uh, you know, when he was back in the Clueless days, he snapped up uh, Miss Geist. That was quite a catch. Yeah. Well, Shawnee's obviously got some moves. Yeah. And well, and he was the Cosby neighbor. So yeah, he's got a lot going for him. He knows how to drug a drink. Uh, oh, what I will my say, God. What I will say, we'll have to put myself down with a drink. Yeah, that's what that's what Winona says. And I, I loved Raylan's rejoinder, which was, by the way, how is your mother? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was good. So that was that was a really funny thing in this scene. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you put a you put a baby with a heart murmur in a scene. You better be dropping Wallace Shawn and Mommy and Me bombs or otherwise I'm not laughing uh, in that scene. But good for them. They brought it back. Yeah, good for them. But then they, they you know, kind of make it awkward again when Winona says uh, we got to talk about, uh, you know, the custody agreement. We need to formalize our joint custody, uh, you know, agreement. And are we sharing custody of her? We need to figure out how we're going to break that up. And Raylan is just kind of like not saying anything because Raylan, he doesn't want to share custody. He wants to he wants Winona. Yeah. And but he's afraid to say it because every time that that's come up recently, it hasn't gone well. Like they've made their decision to go their separate ways at this point. Yeah, it's and, and we're, we're he probably well, feels that's inflexible. We're well into fool me like thrice territory on this one because yeah. Raylan can say it all he wants. And it's just not it's going to ring hollow until he actually acts on it. He can he can want what he wants and say what he wants. But until he actually shows with his actions that that's what he's want, that's what he wants. There's there's no point in saying it. And I no think point. he recognizes that at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, let's go to Bulletville. Let's go to the cabin. Yeah, speaking of putting a drink down. Yeah, let's bring out some Pappy Van Winkle from the Warehouse Fire 95. Oh, my gosh. Is that, that a real thing? Yeah, I think so. I do think that there was a warehouse fire sometime in the 90s. So uh, there have been some hilarious incidents with well, not so hilarious incidents with Pappy Van Winkle. And uh, and that uh, that I believe was one of them. But I of course, we, we talked about the missing bourbon. Um, we, we definitely talked about how there was this sort of uh, theft, a huge thousands, tens of thousands of dollar uh, theft of Pappy Van Winkle last year. Uh, and I do think that there was a there was a distillery issue at some point. I believe the the Pappy line is now distilled at the Buffalo Trace Distillery in Frankfurt, which is the capital of Kentucky. And I've been to that place a few times. That place is a pretty awesome, idyllic place. And if there were a fire there, I don't know. I think I would I would legitimately cry. So hopefully they're prepared and they don't have that happen there. But uh, yeah, Pappy, this is a, this is a big deal. This is a, I'm trying to think, have we gotten a bottle of Pappy or a Pappy reference in every season of Justified? I got to feel like we've got we've had some Pappy in just about every season. Uh, I don't remember it in for sure in season five but uh but i've seen it a lot otherwise for sure it just seems like it has to have been there in some capacity you can't go a season justified without some pb dubs no and it it makes me hope that they're just using the same fake bottle uh they made a label out and they're not they don't have some insider line on getting all this pappy every year but maybe they do that would make that would make me very jealous i wonder when we meet up if we're going to be able to find pappy van winkle wherever we go we might, uh, not wherever we go, but we, there's some bars I'm sure we could find it. It would cost us probably an arm and a leg. But, uh, worth but yeah. it. Worth it. Worth it. But, yeah, this is, um, this is a, a big deal. This is, this is the sort of thing that you, you keep around. And I love Boyd's line about this. Like, uh, well, I didn't know what the statute of limitations was, but uh, I, I, on that sort of deviant behavior, because he talks about how he stole a bottle from his father's, from his father's uh crate that he purloined or whatever and it's like oh my gosh boyd thinks stealing a bottle of pappy is is way worse than some of the other criminal actions that he's talked about with ava that's really really funny well it's good, high class stuff you don't want good to violate joke. it good joke boy yeah, good that's, joke that's pretty funny and uh th- this is a scene that gets intense 
Uh, they start talking, you know, it's, the conversation is, is nice enough. He's like, let me look at the ring. And I'm kind of like, this is awkward. She's like, my fiance did good. Uh, and they talk about how, uh, you know, Boyd's parents were married in this cabin. He would, he would like them to, to write their own vows because he knows that his parents wrote their own vows. And how does he know that? Because they, uh, they just like beat the snot out of each other and they would say their vows as they were beating the crap out of each other. Did I get that right? I think so. It's yeah, really weird. It's really messed up. Uh, so yeah, he wants to write vows with her and he's, you know, then they get to the conversation of like, I don't, I would never uh, hit a woman or at least I haven't found a reason to yet. Uh, and Ava, like Ava, Ava just does not give a frack at this point, right? Like she just does not care at all. Uh, she's, you know, she's really kind of in a way goading him here. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, uh, that's, it's sort of, I don't know if she's reached, I mean, she reached a breaking point a couple of episodes ago. Right. And so, yeah. So by reaching that breaking point, I, I think that she uh, has basically said to herself, well, uh, nothing to lose at this point. Tried to make my run, didn't get away with it. Uh, tried to do this, tried to do that. If he's got me up here because he's found me out, it's like she's basically she's basically in YOLO kind of territory here. It's like and I'm not talking about YOLO, the character from Justified. I wish you were. I wish I was too. You, you know, did you know we didn't get him this on our podcast with uh, our boy DDR, but he auditioned to play YOLO. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm glad we got him as Choo Choo instead of YOLO. We talked that so much with Choo Choo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I would say ultimately, though, is I, I, I like where Ava's at with this uh, with this kind of scene. She's just kind of, you know what, at the end of my rope. So if you want me to hang myself with it, then I'm going to end up hanging myself with it. But that where that ends up in this scene is a really weird place. Yeah, because he's like, would you feel better if you hit me? You should hit me. Go on, girl, do it. Hit me, woman. And she smacks him. And then she smacks him again. And then he grabs her by the throat uh, and he is using force because she is immediately like, Boyd, Boyd, like and not sounding as like Jewish and angsty, anxious, as uh, as as I'm sounding there. She's sounding like, <laughs> boy, Boyd, 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 please like no. <laughs> don't get off me, Boyd. Uh, she, she sounds legitimately terrified like a normal human being would. Uh, it's uh, it's very, very frightening. And he like kind of snaps out of it, too. Uh, and they, you know presume uh presumably go on and have some sexy times after that moment but it's just like uh you know we know it's bubbling under the surface of this stuff because he at least has the the seeds of doubt planted in his ear from speaking with limehouse uh but you know this is it's it's you know it's been dark in the scenes between the two but it's it's finally bubbled over into something physically violent uh really really uh, alarming yeah, really alarming. And and the the hand goes to her neck and it's like, wow, is this going to happen right here? Like this is uh Oh, yeah. But then a weird making out ensues. I know. And it's just like Don Draper on Mad Men, just some slap some slaps and then some sex. It's just like I don't slap sex. It's like yeah. shades of gray. I'm not I, I'm not into that. I'm later's later's I'm not into that. Later's baby. Later's baby. I'm not into that. I'm just not I don't I don't get it. Look, if it's your bag, if that's what you're into, bully for you. Like if you have your little red room or whatever you call it, uh, that's fine. But uh, I this uh, this scene is intense. And I, and I like that because I like that these characters have very intense emotions for one another. There's a lot of anger boiling under the surface. There's a lot of passion boiling under the surface. There's a lot of desire to just kind of act out all these sorts of things that's really right there at a boiling point. And I think both recognized it and I think both acted on it and I think both acted on it in both ways. So I, uh, it, it felt right to me in a way that I didn't expect it to. 
Yeah, it was good. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that he didn't kill her. And I'm glad that we have more scenes with them in this episode and in episodes to come. But I really thought that it could happen right there. I thought, you know, it's the final season of Justified. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? It was just so scary in that moment. Yeah, so animal. Like, it's just such an animal instinct kind of like that the, these both of these things, both violence and sex in this in this instance, were very closely related, maybe just one turn of the screw away from each other. Not to uh, play a pun there, but, uh, but, but yeah, just did. I done did it. Turn of the screw. Talking about the ghost story. I know that story. Do you know that story? Is it a ghost story? I actually don't know that story. Uh, I, I, obviously, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> You've been caught. Uh, yeah, right. well, let's, let's leave Bulletville for a screws minute. Screws are turned, shrews are tamed, and I'm yeah. not sure I understand either one. Well, let's let's leave Bulletville for a minute. Let's talk about Garrett uh, Garrett Dillahunt's character, Ty Walker. He is uh, he has to perform some field surgery on himself. This was kind of badass. Yeah, this is uh, what 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 was in play there? Were those sugar packets or was that salt? Uh, I thought it was. Was it not like morphine or something? I thought it was in like a like a like a weird kind of my only tearaway packet. My only frame of reference for this is uh, there's a scene. Not going to spoil Saving Private Ryan if you're not going to spoil Vertigo. Uh, but there's a scene in Saving Private Ryan where they have to like bust out the morphine packet and like put it on a guy who's been shot in like the abdomen's stomach and uh, in, in the bullet hole and looked like that. But I mean, I don't Maybe know. Maybe I'm like the softest uh, person on the planet who hasn't seen violence before. Uh, so well, I what I was like what I was going to say is I kind of had to. I kind of had to look through my fingers in this scene a little bit. So I'm not sure I truly grasped exactly so good what was with blood. No, no. And, uh, and that, I mean, got to hand it to Ty Walker. This guy is tough. And Garrett Dillahunt is the man. He's he the man. He's playing this sort of animal at the end of his rope, kind of like we were just saying about Boyd and Ava. But this is he's crazed. He's in a corner for sure. Well, you know, and that's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that the name of this episode is The Hunt. Like it's talking about these characters who are who are either hunting or being hunted. But there's something animalistic about the hunt in in a very literal way in terms of, you know, the pigs that are being hunted. But these people are in a very real way more animal than than man or woman in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and the, I'll, I'll tell you the last thing that you want to come up against if you're a couple of drunk frat bros just kind of rolling around town looking to take a dump at a state park is uh, is a cornered animal. Yeah, I'm from uh, the proctology program at FU. I've never heard of that school. Is that a, <laughs> is that a school in Kentucky, Antonio, as the Kentucky resident on this podcast? Yeah, it's uh, it's a state school. It's a char- it's, it was a charter school. It was started out as a state school and now it's kind of its own thing. What is um what does FU stand for? What do you think? I, I'm curious. What do you think it stands for? Um, Frank Frankfurt University, University would be the U. Would yeah. be the U. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's what it is, right? Uh huh. There's nothing else it could be, right? No. <laughs> no. No other no. options. That's no. It. This is uh. This is this is uh. Definitely. That's all it is. It's all it is. And uh, and I think that they're probably in a fraternity that, that probably has similar letters like uh, KMA or like SMD or something like that. You know, Whoa. nothing nothing big about that. No, that's like Sigma Mu Delta. That's a fraternity, Sigma right? Sigma Mu Delta. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's probably I was never in a fraternity, so I wouldn't know. Nor I. And I feel like if we marketed this brand of FU sweatshirts and SMD like hats, we could probably make a mint. But I'm guessing that it's already at Spencer Gifts right now. Yeah, it's got to be done. 
Yeah, it's probably already at Spencer Gifts. Yeah, I think so. We had a million dollar idea someone already had. I just like that Ty Walker just like terrifies the crap out of this tough kid who's like trying to be like all hot shit and then he becomes cold diarrhea. As soon as <laughs> as soon as as soon as Ty Walker says to him, uh, do you think your your friend's gonna step in when I split your skull open? And goes oh like, my oh! god. Like, ah, chocolate. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Apologies. I have a weird sense of humor. Where are you chocolate guys milkshake. going? Chocolate you milkshake. Going? Yeah, it's definitely chocolate milkshake. Chocolate milkshake for sure. It, it's, um, I mean, I'm terrified, though. I mean, I'm scared for those kids because he I, I appreciate what he did. I'm not exactly sure why he did it, because it's kind of an opaque gesture at best. Like it, it, later on, it's seen right through. But look, this guy's not exactly operating at his, at his peak performance level here. If it is morphine, he's high as shit on morphine. If it's salt, then he just poured salt literally poured salt on a wound for some reason i'm not sure why uh, and if it's sugar i don't i don't know what's going on there so yeah this is not uh sugar not high. him at his not him at his best sugar, sugar high right sugar high yeah yeah so this is not him at his best regardless but he can still be menacing as shit and i know i recognize what his plan was right away with the uh giving him the cash and then throwing the credit cards at him and finding out they were driving south and all that but I mean, this is not something where I entirely expected that he would uh, that he would get away with this plan for a half second. Did you? No. Well, I mean, once again, I kept thinking that he was just going to kill these kids. But you know, that's not how Ty Walker rolls. He tends to uh, he tends to just uh, I don't know. He he seems like he's about to pull the trigger on you, and then he doesn't really. Although later in the episode, we could talk about that. I was going to say at this point, it had already been kind of a day. So I'm yeah. not sure why he didn't pull the trigger, but he didn't. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why it was so important for him not to kill these kids and, in fact, to just let the plan play out. But, uh, but yeah, these kids got lucky and escaped, maybe because they were kids, maybe because he, having been in the service, had seen a lot of people that were way too young die when it was well before their time, and he didn't want to bring that on these kids. Right. I don't know. What's at 1212 Main Street in Orlando, Florida? I'm looking this up right now. On- it's like 1313 Mocking. Bird Lane or something. Uh, on, I don't know. On Google Maps. Oh, it's there's nothing here. Uh, I mean, it exists. There's a stretch limo. There's a stop sign. There's another vehicle. There's a tree. Uh, there's a house. So it's right in front of a house. I wonder what why is, he tells him to go to 1212 Main Street. Do you think there's anything? The f- first thing that came into his head. Yeah, it's, it's just so easy. easy. 1212 Main. It's something they could remember. Are you looking at Main Lane or Main Street? Main Street. Oh, interesting. Is there a Main Street? Is it so maybe uh, Main Lane? Is that what you want me to look up? Well, no, I don't know. I, it's not giving me the option for a street, so. Well, I don't know. Maybe I think that maybe uh, I'm better at Google than you are. A lot of lakes in that swamp territory there in Orlando, uh-huh. so I don't know. Maybe he. Uh, I, this is the funny thing. Oh, uh, twelve twelve Main Lane is this uh, Orlando endocrinologist doctors for hypothyroidism. Well, that's oh, this a, isn't actually told to me. This is just the top search result. Ignore. That's, a, that's absolutely what he was after is uh-huh. an endocrinologist. That's right. No, what, what I would say is uh, that that it's uh, it's funny that that's what popped into his head. Twelve, twelve Main Street. But I've often thought about this and I thought about this in context of actually the justified pilot uh, when there when art has shot or when art when Raylan has shot Tommy Bucks or whatever. And he's walking kind of away from the scene and you see the police there on scene. You hear in the background the address. And I never knew this until I watched it on with the, with the, the captions on. But uh, they actually give the address out. So I looked the address up and it was like a nothing. It was just a nowhere street in Miami. It wasn't the street of an, a- an address of an actual place. And I, I do wonder if like you – know, I'm thinking back to one of your favorites in mind, Ghostbusters. The uh, 555, whatever the number is. I can't remember exactly what is what it is. 
on the uh, on the answering machine or on their their commercial. We're ready to believe you. But when I was a kid, I was like, I want to call that number. Like, I want to see if the Ghostbusters are there. What happened and when you would when you would call it? It's it's a five five five. Like it's nothing. You know what I mean? But uh, but a lot of times when TV shows t- put something in there, like Better Call Saul is a good example of this. They put an actual proper Albuquerque, New Mexico number on his billboards and his business cards and things they were featuring for the show. And if you call that number, you actually get a pre recorded message by the show that's like, Hey, you've reached Jimmy McGill. This is my voicemail. You know, leave me a message. It's at the offices of James McGill. Or whatever. Yeah, you get his actual like Irish lilt of voicemail. And I think that's really cool. And so I would really hate it if Justified gave you 1212 Main Street in Orlando and it was someone's house. And then some Justified fans were like, oh, I want to go and see what Ty Walker was up to. And they're just knocking on this poor old Abuelita's door or whatever. You know, well, that would be horrible. It, I'm telling you, Google 1212 Main Street, Orlando, Florida, and go to like Street View and it's a house. There's a house there. <laughs> this is no good. Yeah, so I hope that's like uh, Graham Yost's house at least. Yeah, and that, and I don't know. This is uh, this is something that I guess if if I ever wrote something or or, or had an, a reason to put an address in something or something like that, I think I would put the address of an enemy in there because uh, what are they going to do? Like I didn't have an intent to do it. I just needed to use an address. Uh-huh. And then, but of course, by recording this podcast, I guess my defense is out the window. So uh, anyway, I, I still want to do that. All right, <laughs> sounds like sounds like a good plan. Well, let's leave the house at twelve twelve Main Street alone. Let's go to Raylan's for a little while longer and uh, when. Known as just she's up to her eyeballs and bullshit right now. Like really up to her ears is where it's really aching uh, because poor Willa, she's got some kind of ear infection. This is this is what Winona's life looks like now. It's just her baby just crying all the time, screaming nonstop. It's three in the morning. Uh, she's uh, as you said earlier, she's been on two flights with this demon child. Give the ladies the bathroom for a little while, Raylan. And Raylan has just never had to deal with this kind of thing before. And it's very funny. Timothy Oliphant's so good. And he just like always is is really good about um, how he reacts as Raylan in like unfamiliar situations like this. So Raylan in the company of a baby is just a very awkward. Like we didn't even talk about this really, but when Raylan is like holding Willow for the first time, and then when he reaches out to grab her again, and he's like on the bed, and he's like kind of lifting her up in the air. It's kind of cool to see Raylan as a dad. Yeah, it really is because we we don't really see that. And, and actually, Raylan doesn't do a lot in this episode, obviously. But one of the big things that Raylan does is be not Raylan, be different, even though there are, inc- there are instincts that he has. Like, I'll take her out. We'll, we'll quiet her down. And he immediately takes the kid to the office. Immediately. Such a Raylan move. Such a Raylan move. But nothing comes of it. Like, Rachel kind of shoes him out. Tim doesn't really want to have anything to do with him. Like, there's no place for him in this kid at the office. And he, what he doesn't do is he doesn't go talk to Marco. Like, that's not something he does, even though he has the opportunity to go in and be Raylan and kind of menace him and threaten him and do all the things that Raylan does. He's got his kid there and he doesn't he doesn't pursue that interest, even though Art tells him, like, hey, you want to talk to him? You better get in there now. Like Raylan doesn't do it. So I I think that one of the biggest things that Raylan does in this episode is the way that the ways that he's not Raylan in this episode. So there's a couple other times like that when Rachel calls him uh, and says Ava's in Bulletville and he's like, I'm going to need some time. And then he hangs up and it's Uh like, wow, that's it's not Raylan. You're not Raylan. This yeah, is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is another great example of it. It's like, hey, this is not Raylan. He's being present for his wife and child and he's having to deal with what it means to have a baby who won't stop crying and have a wife who just needs a break. I like, like it. 
Yeah, like this it. is it looks, not real. It looks good on him, though. He's wearing it well. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, so, so Winona's getting no sleep. Ava's getting sleep until she finds creepy Boyd uh, oh towering God. over her. So at least now we know what she, how she would have reacted at the end of the first episode of this season. Because she goes, "What the hell, Boyd?" <laughs> yeah, he's like Boyd Ferratu. This yeah. is terrible. It's horrifying. Dawn is about to set. I need to sink yeah. my teeth in. Ava, this is horrible. Yeah, come to suck your blood. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. It's terrifying. Uh, uh, and even more terrifying, she says, "We going hunting. Uh, it's early, uh, yeah." And, and you know, like I mean, this is just like classic storytelling of like going on the hunt. It's not going to be good. Like this is the kind of thing where you're not coming back from this hunt. So it's great that Justified is playing with that because it's not going to work out that way. But that's where your head is going immediately. It's like this is going to be the last trip that Ava Crowder ever takes. Yeah. And, uh, and that, uh, like I said, the fact that we know, and she doesn't, uh, even if she suspects the fact that we know is brutal because these scenes have such a different meaning. It's like, what kind of hunting are we going to do here, Boyd? This yeah, is not good. Not great. Not great at all. Uh, and then back at Raylan's, Raylan is going to show up in the morning with some coffee and poor Willa still screaming. Winona really needs some sleep. Uh, and so Raylan's going to take the baby. He's going to take her, take her for ice cream, not give her ice cream, maybe a spoonful, uh, maybe a taste, but he's going to, he's going to take her around. He's going to drive her around so Winona can get some sleep. Uh, what is this sleep you speak of, says Winona? And that's a, a favorite line of mine from the episode, I think. Yeah, that's she's she's great. Yeah. I love Winona. Yeah, she's great. So uh, she, he's going to, unbeknownst to her at the time, he's going to take her to the marshal's office. Before we get to Raylan at the marshal's office, we got a really good scene with Art and Avery Markham. Fantastic uh, scene. Yeah. What, what do you, how do you want to tackle this one? It's hard not to say that this is not the scene of the episode, but it, it, and that's only because the the stuff with uh, Boyd and Ava is so good at the end of the episode. But man, this is a phenomenal scene. It's a good scene. It's really good to see these two characters together. It is a little alarming. I know our friend Susan Appleby has been talking to us about uh, in the comments section of our Justified podcast about how she's worried for Art. I don't seem to be as worried for Art as she does, but I will say... Now that Art is directly on Avery Markham's radar, uh, that's never a great thing, I don't think. You don't want to be on the big bads uh, radar. I agree. And, it, and it's, I, I appreciate that that's happening, that, that, it's, uh, that it's happening in such a way that it, it seems natural. In other words, you've got Avery Markham coming in and saying, I didn't know any givens, you know? And it's like, uh, I tilted my head to the side when I said that, by the way. I didn't know any givens. Yeah, it's, I can, but it's, I it's like, feel it. Yeah, you can we're feel con- my. We're connected uh, spiritually, so I know when you move in any direction. You can feel my head tilt. That's good. Yeah. Uh, how's your pole, by the way? <sighs> still getting it out. Yeah. <laughs> but you still, you still uh, catching fish with that. You're still catching fish with your pole. I mean, this yeah. scene was hilarious. Yeah, like, good. but what I was saying is that is that it it seems like you've got such a bull here. The only reason that Art and Avery have not faced off before is that Avery hasn't lived in Kentucky because if he had, he would have absolutely been on Art's radar and vice versa. Uh, and I'm not even sure that Avery isn't aware of who Art is. So this is a really great scene for sure. For that reason alone, I'm, I'm looking at our, you know, our comments, um, BHF fan, BHF fan or BH fan had, had said that he was there. The BH fan was afraid Art was in danger, but couldn't decide from who it may be. Art gets involved. If he thinks Ray, and maybe cutting some corners and try and help him get back in line uh, to save him from himself. And he's getting caught in the crossfire. Uh, but crossfire, fire, fire. You get caught in the crossfire. crossfire. That is exactly what's happening. So I don't know exactly how that's going to play out, though, because BH fan also said.
says that Art's already suspicious. And why was he in his old office when Rachel came in? Rachel's really a bit player and wish Art had recovered and, and was back at his desk for this last season. Well, BH fan, you're getting some more Art. But I think if you were worried Art was in danger, I think you should be really worried now. Yeah, it's not good that the big bad wolf knows who he is. Uh, and it's uh, it's scary. It's scary, uh, but it's but it's it's good stuff. And and you know beyond that, we'll we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen to Art. Obviously, we don't know at this point. But he's really pushing he's really pushing Avery on this whole thing with Grady Hale and who's the snitch? Who's the snitch? Uh, we we can talk a bit if you'd like about why does Art care so much? Why does he have such a Marshall stiffy for this one? Why does he have to figure this thing out? Uh, but the thing that I'm most interested in is that the show is still so interested in this thing. Um, so it's going to be a big deal. Is it going to be just as straightforward as Avery Markham being the snitch or Catherine Hale being the snitch? Or does this lend uh, credence to the idea that it's got to be someone like Wynn Duffy or if not Wynn Duffy, then some other like third party candidate is, is the snitch. Yeah. And there's no way it's art, right? Like we're, we're on the same page with that. That art is the snitch. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a super tinfoil hat theory. It's just too left field for it's this show. It's too left field for this show. It's too, I mean, that would have to be the kind of thing where from the very beginning, uh, Graham Yost and everybody knew that, that, uh, art was somehow related to, to mobsters in this show. That seems too long game for the style of writing on this show. And it seems, uh, the only way I could put it is it seems 224. Yeah, you're right. It's you 224. Know, it's, it's Cause 224. it's like. Because it's like all throughout this show, if you want to put that at the end of it, that's fine. But Art's actions all throughout really don't jive with don't that. Don't jive with that. It would, it would really, I think it would really topple a lot of strong themes that this show has built up to turn out that, that Art Mullen is crooked in any capacity. I think that would be a really bad call. Uh, and I don't think that this is a show that makes really bad calls. Maybe they've made some not great calls along the way. Very few, but a few. Uh, but they haven't made any like disastrous calls. I feel like that would be a disastrously bad call. I agree. And and so it almost has to be Win Duffy then, because it has to be a character that's kind of been around for a while. We had some speculation. Yes, uh, I wanted to our, talk about this. Go ahead, go for it. Well, you you have the comment in front of you, but I just want to talk about it. Are you talking about the Big J 8806? What if Arlo was the snitch? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting concept because, you know, Avery was, uh, when he was talking to Ray, was like, I've never heard of Arlo Givens. Like, I've no, I don't know no Givens. Uh, it's kind of hard to imagine that he knew who Bo Crowder was, but didn't know Arlo, Giv- Arlo Givens when Bo and Arlo were kind of hand in hand with a lot of this stuff. Uh, so maybe he's just passing that off because. Arlo was a snitch and it certainly wouldn't be the first time that we have, you know, known Arlo to be a snitch. And I think it'd be kind of cool to find some way to tie Arlo into the final season of Justified. Obviously he can't be here physically, but if you can thematically uh, and into the story, if you can weave Arlo Givens into the mix, I like that. So other than Win Duffy, Arlo Givens being the snitch is the only thing that I have heard that I like outside of, you know, it being the obvious Avery or Cat. Which I would be fine with. I just I'm I'm becoming less fine with it. The more of a big deal they're making this out to be, the more that they're kind of turning this into a Drew Thompson situation. Yeah, I agree. So we'll stay on Mole Patrol, but uh, I don't know. Mole, 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 (laughs) mole. 
But I don't I don't know that we've advanced the ball any further down the court except to say it's important and it's remaining important. And the fact that we got this scene in this discussion in an episode that doesn't feature Catherine Hale or Win Duffy or any of the real interactions between Markham and Duffy, I think there's still I think there's still a reason to believe that uh that this is something that could uh, that could play a part here um, in a big big way, but I just don't I just don't know that it's going to be anybody that that's out of left field. It's going to be one of those three, I think Avery, Catherine, or Win, and I think Avery and Catherine are already on the table, and the kind of left field, but still in the evidence of the show answer is Win. So my money's still on Win. Yeah, I think so too. For the uh, win, for the win, uh, Raylan comes to the office. He comes with Willa. Uh, everybody loves Willa. How could you not love Willa? Except for Tim, who does not seem to care for children seems to share your view of children Antonio. yeah we don't need to bring that back up i got a lot of flack for that last time did you really no i didn't catch any flack for it <laughs> a lot of people agreed with you uh if people don't agree with me after this episode with all of the yelping and crying i don't want to get into did it did you not, not even find it. her a little bit cute no really no i think young animals are cute and i know humans are animals but i guess i don't think young human animals are cute i don't know uh-huh uh-huh it's not like, what if a kitten, what if a kitten, we do, can we agree that kittens, I don't know why I sound like Christopher Walken, can we agree that kittens are cute? Are kittens like objectively cute? Yeah. Like that's like the cutest thing most people can think of as a kitten. Yeah. Kitties on what the if, internet. What if kittens faces were super fat That'd and their amazing. arms, their arms look like they were like the Michelin man. Would they still be cute? Yeah, probably even cute. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe we're not on the same page about this one. I think we know we're not. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I think your wife is listening to this podcast. She's standing right over my shoulder. Oh, no. <laughs> very, very uncomfortable. Ah, she's not here. She's not. She's doing other stuff. I um, did like this. I did love this scene where the, there's like some random agent and he's like, can I hold Willa or hold her? And, and Ray was like, no. Well, isn't that that's the guy who that guy? I don't know what his name is. He's I think he's a running gag on this show, though. Like, he, he is. Isn't he, is. he the guy that Raylan always gives shit to? Yes. Yep. What, so, but I don't know that saw, he has. We a name. saw him in one other in one other spot at least that I, I'm I'm blanking on right now just because we binged watched uh, or binge rewatched this show uh, in such a quick period of time. But I I remember uh, something really funny with him in the marshal's office once upon a time. Uh, but yeah, that guy has popped up before, and Raylan does not seem to care for him very much at all. No, and and Raylan any, also- any of you deeper cut justified people who who are really really detail oriented who know who that guy is, please let us know. We'll correct uh, for the next one. We'll call him by name. Yeah, but in this scene, it's great that he's got a little moment there. And I recognized him and laughed, but I was just like, I don't know exactly why. This was, that was in there just for laugh and, and kind of fan service, and I appreciate it. It was a big laugh. Also a big laugh uh, when Tim, you know, he has, he's, uh, he's on the, the manhunt from a distance, and he's like <laughs> chronic, chronicling, uh, you know, what Ty Walker's been doing with all the credit cards. And Raylan's like, uh, what does he say? He's like, he's been to a gas station, he's been to porn shops. Uh, and Raylan's like, that's not him. And Tim says, what, you mean Walker's not an alcoholic porn addict with a full tank of gas and compartmentalizes his vice of spending from his staples? Uh, and Raylan says, I don't know what you said, but that's not him. He just gave some of these credit cards. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then Tim's like, yeah, I know. That's why I was condescending to you just now. <laughs> that doesn't explain all the other times Tim is like that, but that's fine. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, I, but I didn't, but I, like I said, I didn't understand I didn't understand what Walker's plan. If, did you think there was a plan in all this? Because they saw right through it. Good he didn't at, know they would. Good at killing, bad at crime. Yeah, I guess you're right. Good at killing, I bad guess at you're crime. Right. I'm ready to embrace that. I'm ready to, too. Especially I'm, because great at killing, which we'll get to shortly, but great at killing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very good at killing. Yeah, fantastic at killing. Let's let's uh, we can talk about it very briefly. But Walker, his car has broken down. Uh, he's not happy. He's like, "Come on!" There was a moment where I thought that he was going to like shoot himself. I thought that maybe we were going to see a Ty Walker suicide. I'm glad we did not because what we got out of him instead was much better. Uh, but he finally gets one bar and he calls nine one one. What do you think is going through his head when he calls nine one one? Uh, well, at the time that I saw it, I had no, I had no real way of knowing. I thought maybe he's going to create an incident and, and kind of take the people at 911 away from the, he's going to hide basically. And when they get out of the ambulance to go look for something, he's going to jump in the ambulance and drive it away. Uh, and maybe he's going to then take and, and stitch himself up and give himself the meds that he needs. And then he's going to go Harrison Ford, you know, fugitive style on it because uh, his car has died, which is a really horrible thing to happen for this guy at this point. For anybody, but for this guy, for sure. Yeah, but even though, like, I don't, I guess maybe they don't have the plates on the car, but they've certainly got the make and model. So this is not the car you want to be driving anyway, but nor is an ambulance. No, no. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's got an ambulance on the way, so that's fun. We'll have a lot more to talk about with him in a second. Uh, but let's go let's go to the hunt. We're looking for pigs. We're hunting for pigs. Uh, turns out Ava hunted once. She got a squirrel. That was great. Yeah, good, uh, good, good, good job, Ava. Uh, but she apparently she has the hunting skills of cousin Johnny, who uh, we're getting a cousin Johnny shout out here, and apparently he was just like an atrocious hunter back in the day. Poor cousin Johnny, he's always he's always second class. He's oh, always yeah. that it's not. Listen, the guy's dead, and he's dead in part because of how he was treated during his life, like this. Yeah. That's not nice. Yeah. Uh, but the conversation starts to, you know, it, it's been getting closer and closer and closer to just being an out and out conversation about Ava being a rat. Uh, and, you know, this is the moment where Boyd starts bringing up, you know, I don't know why Johnny betrayed me. I don't know why Devil betrayed me. If they weren't happy with me, they should have just come to me. I'm a reasonable man. We could have uh, hashed our differences out over a bottle of what does he say? Woodford. Yeah. Uh, why didn't they do that, Ava? You know, why didn't why didn't they come to me? And Ava, you know, who is picking it up, obviously, at this point, uh, says maybe they were afraid of what you do to them and what you did do to them. Uh, and Boyd says, are you scared of me? And she says, sometimes. And then something's moving. And he says, don't move. Stay right there. And she he runs off and he's got a rifle with him. And I don't know about you, but I'm like thinking like most dangerous game is about to go down here. Yeah, the man is the most dangerous game, and that's a hunt for sure. Yeah, uh, so I, I thought that's where we were going, but that's because I'm an idiot. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not this show. Uh, but that would have been kind of amazing if, like, the whole next uh, episode was just like... Oh, come on now. Boy, just like Elmer Fudding after after Ava. That would have been fun. It's watch. not rabbit season or duck season. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, but there's a gunshot and she's, uh, she's, she's okay. He's killed the first hog of the season. He's going to go get the truck. They're going to eat some pork. Uh, and she's just like, Bleh. this was not fun. This was not good. Yeah. And I, I mean, I look, this is very Mike Scoopin ask here, right? Is that what <laughs> yeah. we're dealing with? Well, he didn't put the blood on his face. No, and he didn't fall, and then Ava didn't proceed to fall in the fire or void. So, not quite like him. Nor did either of them rip anybody off with some crazy investment pyramid scheme. No, (laughs) allegedly, allegedly. Do your research, Antonio. Allegedly, I got to do my research. I'm sorry about that. No, but uh, but I this look. You're talking about building to a boiling point. Every one of these scenes between Boyd and Ava. I don't know how they managed to continue the intensity after that slap sex scene. But man, alive! Like this hunting scene when Boyd's like, "Oh, I'm gonna." He runs off into the distance and then he you hear the gunshot and she kind of screams 
screams a little bit. It's like, holy cow, like this is really the most dangerous game cut type thing. Like this is really tense. It's super tense. And then even when they're sitting around a campfire and he's clearly just cooking up the Razorback, it's still intense. Like I, this is just uh, top notch stuff. And like I said, the device of of us knowing is really and adding so much to this. But uh I still, I'm still shocked that that Ava made out of, I made it out of this episode alive. Yeah, pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, and it's not going great between Boyd and Ava, but breaking news, it's it's going real well between Raylan and Winona. A little makeout time, a little mo time. I feel like it's getting beyond mo time. <laughs> well, it might, it might have. Right? Do we think Will? Do we think Willa needs a sister? Uh, yeah, or a little baby bro. Yeah, babies are awesome. Why wouldn't you have yeah, one? Have more babies. Give them to yeah. Antonio Mazzaro. He'll oh, hold boy. them. He'll sign oh, them. Boy. He'll sign them for you. I don't need any more STDs. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what does that mean? Is this part of the mommy and me story? Uh, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm playing a character. I obviously, uh, I obviously don't hate babies that much. Come on. I don't hate them so much that I would refer to them as STDs on a podcast, maybe in private, but certainly not in public. Um, yeah. Uh, OK, well, I'm uncomfortable. I don't really know where to go from here. Well, let me tell you where to go. OK, you go to make <laughs> you, 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 you take the wheel for a second. You, you go to make I'm going to drive this car right into the embankment. <laughs> you, you, you go to make out town with, with Raylan and Winona. That's yeah, where you go. Yeah, let's go there. That's really good. Yeah. And she's she's determined like, you know, I used to lie in, in bed awake, you know, uh, knowing, you know, that you might not come home. I was so worked up over it. And I, you know, I'd wondered what I what I would do if you didn't come home. It seemed so unbearable and unfair. Um, and Raylan's like, yeah, I suppose it was. And she says, well, whether it was or, or wasn't, you know, uh, now I lie awake next to this little girl and I hear her breathe and I know you're not coming home. And that certainty, uh, I liked it better the first way. And what did you think here when she starts saying this, where she says like, I love you. I miss you. I want you to come home. I don't care if it's here or Miami or the Hills, wherever it doesn't matter. I want it. I want you. I want you raising our daughter. Uh, you can be with me and still be you if that's something you want. I mean, this is great in some ways, right? It's like, oh, this is so nice that that Raylan and Winona might actually have a shot at some happiness and that we might actually get an ending for Raylan Givens that isn't a, kind of a sad, kind of weird part of his existence. But what I will say is uh, it's also sad for Winona because I don't think she's wrong to have planted the flag on those things before. Right. I, I, she's been wrong about a lot of things that she's done, then taking the money, being chief among them. Yeah, let's not talk about that. But we're, it's like it's like Landry in season two. We're not yeah, going to talk yeah, about yeah. it. That's absolutely it's like upstate better. New York. We don't talk about <laughs> it. But hey, you talked about it. You brought it up so we can start talking about upstate New York. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. All right. I'm almost crying here. Okay. Um, that's no, kind of like I, how that guy when we were in upstate New York was just no, like, Josh, well, Josh, no, no, no. Listen, I was in the process of making a cogent point, I think. Uh, not not related to calling babies STDs or talking about upstate New York or uh, in anything that's been off base during this podcast from either one of us. Uh, this is I really do think this is sad for Winona. Uh, and I'm not sure that this is progress. I think some people might label it as such. And I'd be interested uh, as to what our what, what you guys, uh, the listeners think about this, because. I'm not sure that this is progress for Winona. Like, I'm not sure that having Raylan Givens, 
it's regression. It really is. And she was right to plant the flag where she planted it about you should go to Glencoe. And look, I don't think she's she should try to change Raylan Givens. If he wants to be how he is, she can can offer support if he wants to change. She can help him find different things. She can do all those things. She cannot force him to change. And I don't think that she should do that. So I don't think she should force him to go to Glencoe if he doesn't want. But I do wonder if the whole raising a child on her own. I'm just not sure I like what that suggests that, yeah. that, that she's like, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, I was, is it like a reaction to like just having a difficult time? Yeah. And I don't think that it necessarily plays but, that way. It could be. Because this episode is so full of examples of her having a difficult time. Uh, it definitely seems a lot like that. And look, there's a lot of realism in that. There are a lot of people who make decisions they shouldn't make or that probably aren't in their overall best interest because in the near term, they really need that support or they really need that help. I mean, I was a domestic violence advocate for two years as an attorney and the, the court Does system that mean is you root for domestic violence. Ooh, let's go domestic violence. Yeah, it DV. The, it's the opposite of that. Yeah, it's uh, I, I help people get their protection orders uh, from people who are, you know, abusing them. That's and awesome. the, the story, I mean, the, but the, the court system in the world is is rife with people who felt like they couldn't make a different decision and they couldn't get out or they really needed help for one respect or another. And and so I get it. I mean, I get that Winona is saying, I, I really need help. I've got a daughter who might have a very serious health condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a daughter who I cannot physically, I am not sleeping. This is so very difficult for me. Me to handle all this and my sister's here and all this stuff and and I, I need you and I don't care how I get you I don't care and, and I do love you and before I, I took care of myself and I had to protect myself but so I respect that I understand where it's coming from but I, I don't know that it's all great like I don't know if it's all rosy because the Raylan that wants to stay at work and wants to bring Willa to work uh, and that Raylan that, that one that's not wearing the new Raylan very well like that Raylan is not a Raylan that's going to be good for you in Did the you long run. Did you say Maybe I did. I thought I heard a Rayland. Maybe I did. You know I like I when you say Rayland. I know. Anyway, I, I'm going anyway to talk Rayland to you. <laughs> I'm going to whisper some sweet Raylands in your ear. Dirty, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but yeah, this, I think yeah, that's, this, I think is, that's, this is tough. Yeah, I think, tough. That's all, I think that's all good points, and I think that's all worth weighing. And again, like you said, I'm really interested in hearing what uh, listeners have to say about that. So definitely post your feedback about that, what you guys think about the Winona and Rayland thing right now. Me personally, I'm just happy. Like, I'm happy these two are back together. I really like them together. And it seems like they're both really happy now. And they're, it's like a really sweet makeout sesh that they got going on here. It's, uh, it's a really touching moment. Uh, huh. I, touching, I'm, huh? It, well, physical touching, but also emotionally touching moment. And I, I'm rooting for it. I want it to work. I want, I, I really want this to have a positive outcome. Will it? I mean, we won't know for several episodes. But, uh, but I- But I like that the stakes are put in place in the middle of this scene because Rachel calls and Rachel is like, hey, Ava's at Bulletville. Like, is there any reason for her to go there? Her phone is there. Have you talked to her? And it's like, shit, you know what? You are literally responsible for this other person's life. You've put her in a very tough position and you're ignoring that for this pursuit now. And that's what the stakes are for Raylan. He has to give up the immediate need and the need to be felt that he's needed and and feel like a hero because he is definitely realistically needed by Winona and by Willa. So it's a, that's the stakes for Raylan as present in this just one microcosm scene. That's what the stakes are. Yeah. And he chooses, he chooses, his his life rather than choosing his job which is a rare choice for Raylan and it's really interesting because what we know that he doesn't know at least not yet is that in making this choice Ava Crowder very easily could have died five minutes later 
Uh, so pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, you know, just the, the duality of what's going on there. So I actually thought in that moment that him making that choice would lead to Ava dying. Ava was going to die. Like it wouldn't lead to her, but that sure, sure, the sure. next but, yeah, step, yeah, yeah. the next step was Ava dies. And then he'll really never be able to go back to his family without thinking about, geez, that that's my fault. I was focusing. I took a day off. I didn't need to. Uh, I was a time in the well, case where it was like really important. Yeah. Well, frankly, I mean, whether or not she died in that moment, uh, is almost irrelevant because uh, what ends up happening happens. And, you know, p- depending on where that goes between uh, her and Boyd, which we'll talk about in depth in a minute, uh, you know, that could really be, this could still be a moment where, like, shit, I chose my family and I blew up the case because of it. So uh, there's still, you know, still plenty of potential fallout from this thing uh, that could be going on. Before we get to the to the Ava and Boyd stuff, let's just finish out the Ty Walker story of the episode. And so this is what I think is funny, Antonio. You ready? This is what I think is great about our Ty Walker conversations that we've had. Uh, we always talk about, um, you know, what, what will it look like when Ty Walker, who seems so menacing, who seems so threatening, when he finally pulls out the gun and and actually, you know, commits some serious acts of violence. And in the episode last week where Choo Choo dies and he gets shot, it's, we, we reasoned that the answer was like, oh, it turns out he's not the shit. It turns out that he's a little bit of a dope. Turns out he is the shit. Uh, what he does here is badass as fudge. It was really, really cool. I mean, terrible for these ambulance guys, but freaking awesome. Yeah. And like it's 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 that way on so many levels. So first of all, he's suspicious of this this kind of aggressive Horatio Sands type medic. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Horatio Sands is like, why didn't I get that role? Like I could have been a hero. Well, not like, Horatio uh, Sands now. Right? Not current Horatio yeah, Sands. Yeah. That's like old Sands. Yeah, right? Old that's school like, Sands. That's like Antonio. Com- current like Sands. comic Sands. Yeah. The comic Sands. Nice. That yeah. was it. Yeah. That's our hashtag. You did such a <laughs> no, good job with that. I don't think so. I don't think so. You did such a good job with that. No, no, no. Oh, that was so good. Uh, no, this is uh, this. He, so first of all, he's he's like onto him, right? He's onto him being out of the truck and kind of advancing on him and not going to advance for what he said was his brother or friend or whatever. Uh, so he's onto that. But then he's like looking at the drug that he's putting in the thing and he knows what the drug does and he knows knows it's a sedative and so that's like knowledge based badassery right but then he goes into the physical badassery where he's ripping the arm around and shoving the syringe into the guy's back into comic sans's back and pushing the plunger and it's like holy crap like this Ty walker is such a badass then he takes it to the next level then he takes it to the psychopath level yeah cold blood murder cold, cold blood, blood. Murder. not defense cold blood yeah and the guy's like you don't have to kill me like you could just like uh you could put me in the back you could strap me down like i won't move i won't call anyone i won't tell anybody and what is what does he say he's like yeah you know i could do that but it's been such a day <laughs> and he just <laughs> he shoots him in the throat then he gives him two taps to the chest and one to the head yeah, you know, it's not exactly like the execution style, which is, I believe, uh, I don't know in what order. It's either in this order or reverse. It's, uh, I believe, balls, heart, head. Uh, but he, he doesn't do that. Uh, but he does kill him in such a way that's just like so Terminator style, which is ironic because Garrett Hill, Dillahunt once played the Terminator. Uh, but he like really Cro Marty's this guy. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, that's a that's a great reference and a great call out. And that's absolutely what he does. And he does it just because it's kind of been a day. So, wow. Ty Walker. So so what was going on here? Uh, Were these were these guys sent like by the marshals? Were they sent by somebody else? Who who were these people? Were they were they undercover? Were they actually I think that they were actually ambulance workers, right? 
Yeah. And so this is kind of like sloppy. I mean, it, part of this is probably that he's in a very rural place. And I think a lot of resources are being marshaled. We heard earlier in the episode when Rachel's kind of giving orders at the scene there, she's instructing and saying, see if the KSP can give us these people and that people. And it, it's obviously this large scale operation she's put together. So first responders are first responders. They're not just police. They're also medics and firefighters and all of that. And they're just, these are first responders. And they, there was a call that went out and these are the first people that showed up and in a rural area, it doesn't surprise me that much that a life squad might get there before a police officer simply because maybe if, if, if there are very few police officers, they may be out doing other things. So that, uh, that doesn't surprise me. They're just medics. I don't think they were undercover. They had heard to be on the lookout. Uh, like they knew who was in, who was out there and then causing trouble and when they saw him the hero's part is like i think i think walker probably knew i think he knew they'd be looking for him because he kind of hints at that he was like i knew they'd send whatever but i didn't think that they'd send a couple of heroes so i think that he knew that that the medics would be aware that he was like a bad guy right and that no he was the was guy he was try something but they didn't think they were actually going to try to take him down yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Where do you, where does this go? Where does the Ty Walker story go from here? Because you know this very easily could have been the episode where you know he'd been shot in the previous and he just dies somehow here. Like there's some showdown between him and Tim or whatever. Uh, where's Ty Walker going? Is he going to Wizarding World? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. so. It's a good question. And like I said, it, it's not in my mind that he wouldn't uh, that that he wouldn't um, call back Seabass uh, at that point. Uh huh. Interesting. I mean, what, what do you think? I, I don't, I mean, I think that he, that's, he's got, doesn't have too many more people to call. He doesn't have a working car. What's yeah, he going to do? Get, get Seabass to turn on Markham, get the money, split it and then split it. <laughs> split it and split it. Yeah, yeah. Split it and split Like get, yeah. get the hell out of there. Yeah. That um, might be why. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I look, he's in a, it's I like, like sort I, of, all I know is I like Ty Walker on the run. I think that's a good speed for this character. Yeah, me too. And and I like that the sort of cornered animal, the beard works really well and he's playing it really well and, and where it leads to and in the actions that he's committing are great television. So I'm all for that. But I mean, look, he doesn't know these backwoods very well and he doesn't know how to get anywhere. And I don't know exactly where he's even supposed to be with regard to Harlan or or any kind of part of the 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 state at all. But think about when Drew Thompson was on the run, Drew Thompson knew all these back roads and he knew all these ways to get in and out of things. And even then still, there was only one way to get in and out of where they needed to get in and out of in the Drew Thompson season. So in season four, so wherever it is, Ty Walker's really screwed, but I think he just, he just has no clue what he's into and where that's going to take him. I have no idea, but it's probably not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, you never leave Harlan alive. And, like, if if you do, I'm not putting money on Ty Walker being that guy. Like, I, I don't think that he's getting out of here. Uh, but the question is, like, what is he going to be doing while he is within here? And I think it's a ticking clock over his head of whether, you know, whether or not he's going to get killed or caught. It's going to happen, you know, in in due time. Yeah, I think so. And and I, I mean, I think, like I said, I think his only real recourse at this point is to call uh, is to call Seabass because he's got his cell phone. He has no credit cards. He has given up a lot of cash. I don't know. He might have a lot more cash on him, but he's only got $300 cash. And I don't know. I just I feel like he doesn't have anybody else to call. All of his other in-state allies are dead. He's not working for anybody else. Uh, he's he's really kind of a man without a plan here. Now, maybe he turns states like maybe he's willing to go ah, and work against Avery. Like that's the only other recourse is to kind yeah. of surrender himself. But shit, man, he's killed several people at this point. Yeah, he shouldn't have done that. 
Yeah, should not have done that. Should not so, have done that. Should not have said that. Should not have said that. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about uh, that. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, all right, let's go to the meat of this episode. The pig meat, skin pig. Uh, we're going to eat some pig, uh, or not, because Ava doesn't want to eat that pig, and she has had it up to here with, with, uh, with Boyd. Uh, and we're going to have it all out, and you know, the, she's going to get a phone call. That's a phone call from Raylan, of course. Uh, as Raylan said when he was talking to Rachel, was like, I'll reach out to her and I'll stay by my phone. Uh, and he, Boyd says, is that your salon calling again? So he knows. Uh, and she's like, just say, say what's on your mind. Just, just come out and say it. And he stands up and he says, you've been lying to me, Ava. I know you ran. I know you went to see Limehouse. I know someone helped you escape Errol and it wasn't just that constable. Not 24 hours later, I come home to find Raylan Given sitting in your goddamn kitchen. So how about you come out and say what it is you got to say? And here we go. Yeah. Ava and it all comes, comes out. right out and says, I'm a snitch. I'm a CI for Raylan. I sold you out. And they're both speechless. Like no one, no one is talking at this point. Um, and it's just like, this is, uh, this is a, a difficult moment for these two characters. But I don't know about you. I was... You know, it's the end of the episode. There's one more scene after this, but we're right at that moment where, like, we're in those final two or three minutes of episode where anything can happen. It's like, is this it? Does Ava Crowder bite it in episode seven? Is this finally going to happen? Uh, did you think she was about to die? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did, didn't you? I mean, I really did. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else you can imagine is going to happen in this moment. I mean, it did start to occur to me just as like the conversation, like when he gets to, "Are you sleeping with Raylan?" Um, that was the moment where I thought, actually, like maybe she can get out of this. Like maybe, maybe, maybe what's going to end up happening is what's going to end up happening. Where like if he wouldn't ask that question, I feel like if it was a question in his mind whether or not he was going to kill her, I think. Uh, like, I feel like he asks that question because, like, if she is sleeping with Raylan, then, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna kill you. Uh, but if you're not sleeping with Raylan, if you still love me, uh, then we can do something about this. And I kind of started sensing at that point when he, when he brings that up that maybe, maybe we're okay here. And uh, emphasis on okay, like, not great, but maybe we're all right. Uh, but when he takes the gun out of his pants... Uh, and I mean, that just sounded really bad when he takes the, the, the happiness is a warm gun. Yeah, he takes the, John Lennon taught me that. he takes the firearm out from, uh, the back of his pants where he had it holstered. Uh, that would be difficult <laughs> if it was a euphemism. Uh, and she's saying, what, you're going to kill me. That's what's going to happen. You left me in prison. Uh, you know, you were, you were cutting and cutting a deal with the crows. You could have asked for anything. Uh, you know, you could have asked for a clean slate. Uh, and what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to expect to fight for my life every single day while I'm in prison. Uh, and you know, this is when, when he goes like, are you sleeping with Raylan? Because if you are, just put the bullet in my head right now. Uh, and he's like really like hitting his forehead very hard. It's like, Walton Goggins, stop. You're, you don't need to do that. That looks painful. Yeah, that reminded me of a joke that I won't tell because I've already been way too off uncouth on this podcast. Oh, God, I don't want to know. You, you want to know, but not on this podcast. Okay, sounds good. Uh, but no, she says, I didn't do anything with Raylan. It's you. It's always been you. You take it. She gives him the gun. You take it. You do whatever it is you got to do. At that moment, she passes the test. That test? Yeah, she I think she passes the test. I don't think she's getting killed. Uh, when she gives him the gun... Uh, I think that's the moment where, you know, when she says, I, I'm not doing anything with Raylan, here's the gun, you do it, which is like kind of a sign of like, I'm done, whatever, like, this has been horrible, just like end it now, you do what you got to do. Uh, I feel like it's the moment for Boyd where he realizes or, 
you know, thinks uh, this can work. Like we can still do something. Yeah. And that's true. But what I, what I'm thinking is like, that whole I'm going to feed boy, I'm going to feed Raylan information and have him running in circles long enough for me to get that money or whatever. Um, that's all well and good. But what I would say is that uh, that relies on Boyd being smarter than Raylan and Boyd outfoxing Raylan because Ava is right in the middle of this. And so it's, it's going to be Boyd versus Raylan with Ava kind of playing both sides. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that works, but I, I know for a fact that Raylan's going to ask Ava about Bulletville. And Ava's going to be like, oh, well, Boyd wanted to go up there and hunt, and we went up there and just stayed in the cabin or whatever. And Boyd's going to know right away if she displays anything, or Raylan's going to know right away if she displays anything that is outside of that. And and so I just don't know that it is. it still doesn't ultimately end with her getting – I just don't think she's out of jeopardy at this Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying she's She's not getting killed in this episode. We know that. But I mean, I still think that she's that that Boyd could absolutely take her out because I think Raylan's going to put the pressure on her. I mean, he has to. That's the deal. Well, the thing the thing, though, is, is that Ava's been she's been so good at lying to everybody. I mean, maybe not good. Good's a strong word, but she's done it capably. Uh, she she has, you know, tricked Boyd this entire time. Uh, she's gotten advice from Raylan on how to do this, like just like treat it like it's the final meal for Bowman Crowder, like every time, just like lie through your teeth, make you feel at ease. Uh, is that advice going to come back and bite Raylan here, especially after like she kissed him and they had this moment in the kitchen where she's like, there's got to be a special place in hell for for men who break promises to women. So I think that she's still capable of playing Raylan here. Raylan here and Raylan who who thinks that it's authentic that Ava is back on the right side of things. The question too though is is Ava on the right side of things? It's hard to know. Um you know it could it could be just that like Boyd really can't process that um she won't ultimately come to his side especially now now that it's all on the table and now that he says you have to trust me we can do this we can keep him we can keep running him around in circles so we can get that money and run but i got to trust you and she says you can trust me and it seems like they're okay um so i don't know i mean there's a lot of possibilities for where this is going uh you know throughout the season ava's been in flux it's been really hard to pin down what she's actually feeling i think it was a, a while ago i don't remember how long but i think and i think it was susan appleby but maybe i'm i'm misquoting and it was it was another commenter but someone saying um that that ava is just like keeping her options open she's just going to she's playing you know she's playing for one and she is going to take whatever deal is the best deal at the time um and i still think that that could be true here that you know it's good for her to not get shot here that would be ideal uh, to keep Boyd at a fairly close distance, uh, you know, to keep keep him, you know, keep him nearby and to, to make him feel like, yes, we're, we're in this together. Uh, and, you know, the same thing with Raylan. But I do really think that there was a point in time when when Boyd was saying, like, we can go white sands, beaches, whatever, like, we'll get out of here. We'll leave Harlan behind. And I think she was on board for that. And now that Boyd seems to get like why she does not want to stay in Harlan and why that's not possible for them. I think maybe I, I mean, I could certainly see Ava running away with Boyd if that option presents itself, if it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all true. I just I don't I just don't see that as being a likely outcome uh, in light of everything else that this series has done and in light of where that's I mean, that's one uh, or if not two of the three of these people are dying and Boyd might be the one and Ava might live and that's yeah, fine. I'm not saying it's necessarily uh, that it's necessarily happening. I'm saying that I think I, I mean, I can see that that is where she is right now. 
Yeah, I, I can buy that. I can buy that. And the other thing is, I, I do think, as I said earlier, I think she was at the end of a rope. And so, you know, that's uh, that's what she's doing. And, and and she's willing to kind of do anything. She's she's really in kind of this sort of like world where it's like, I'm just going to do whatever. Like, I don't uh, nothing to lose at this point. I'm, I'm already going to assume that I'm found out. I already hate myself and my circumstances so much that I'm ready to die. So forget it. I'm going to call in a Hail Mary with Limehouse. It doesn't work. It ends up with me being found out like I'm going to just lay it all in line i'm gonna tell him she's been wanting to tell him for a while so tell him but but understand that that might bring you back into his good graces and you, she might be right like it was only you was only ever you like all of that might be true but i do think that their situation is so damaged that i just don't know that they can come back from it and i guess my final question about this before we wrap up is uh what did you think about about boyd's kind of uh Apology. It really, I mean, in, in grand scheme, like, is that is that something that you buy? Does he truly feel bad and feel like this was his fault? Or is he saying that to get her to believe it? I believe it. You believe it? Yeah, I buy it. I, yeah. I buy when he says, I let you down and I'm sorry. I understand what you did and why you did it. And I still love you. Uh, because honestly, I kind of think you have to be a uh, an out and out monster not to have empathy for Ava Crowder uh, in, in like within the context of the story. Even if it's you who is being betrayed by Ava, when you realize that it really is, you put her there. You know, if not directly, like you dragged her into circumstances, you know, she made choices of her own as well, but you didn't, you enabled it. Uh, you're, you're a big part of the reason why she's in the spot that she's in. And if you're not man enough to realize that you have uh, a huge, huge, huge responsibility here in why Ava is so torn apart. And if you love that woman, the way that we are led to believe that Boyd does of all the things that I think he's dishonest about. I don't think that's even close to being on the list. Um, then I do, I do buy this from Boyd. I think it's authentic. I think he does. I, and I think that he's desperate not to kill her. He would really love to not do that. I don't think that he, um, I don't think that he, at, at least in this moment in time, I don't think he's falling on the sword for her if it came to that. I think that that's the point of the empty clip. Uh, you know, he gives her the empty gun, and if she pulls the trigger on him, he knows. And I think that he does load the gun, he probably pops her. Uh, but I, I think, you know, short of that, I do think that Boyd in this moment is all but on his knees, you know, saying like, I'm so sorry for that. I get it. I get it. And then rising up and saying, but if we're going to keep moving forward, we have to do this together. We have to be in it now. No more of this bullshit. We got to trust each other. We have like, it's urgent now and we can get out of here. I buy it. Boyd's romantic. I believe it. I really do. Yeah. And, and I, I, I do too, I think, but I also think it's a, it's a big Tom survivor Africa forgive, but not forget scenario. Like I, I do think that he will forgive her and he understands her, her motivation, but man, I just don't know how much he'll ever trust her again. And I don't know, ultimately, I don't know how that affects their long-term possibilities. I just, I don't see how he could trust her again. I, even though he understands her motivation, even though he feels responsible for it, even though, by the way, this is basically a touchdown dance on the football spike of season five. Like this totally makes it all worth it, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, for this for this scene alone, and I think for several other reasons, I think the Ava storyline this whole season has been phenomenal, uh, and for me has completely vindicated her story in season five. Well, my holdout had been I didn't like Boyd's story in season five because I didn't buy the Boyd that you just described. Yeah, 
the romantic, the one who cares about these things, the one who really is the guy that we want to believe would get so lost and so caught up in heroin dealing. Uh, and this is and, and, and going to Mexico and cousin Johnny and all of these things that weren't Ava being in prison. And, and it, that would seem so out of character. And it was out of character. That's yeah. why it was so out of character. Sure. Is because it was, and she calls him on it, and he admits it. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so that's that's not a revision. It's not a revision of season five. It's not a rewrite. It's not a retcon. It's absolutely it's, like it's like enhanced meaning of season five. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it it puts the bow on it. It says you're you're right. Like that was the whole point. Like he was over his skis, and maybe we didn't do a good enough job of directly. Antonio, yeah, you know, necessary like, evils. That's exactly right. That was I think season five in a lot of ways is a necessary evil to get us to this season that's been so 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 good. Uh, yep, and I. I'm fine with that. I, yep. I'm, I am. I am completely at peace with that. Yeah, that was kind of my enduring thought. Other than, oh my god, he had the the gun was not loaded, and then, know, yeah, holy cow, he's playing a fast <laughs> one, and oh where's god, this going to end cow, up? He's totally going so fast. Uh, I thought he might. I still thought that he might go back, load the gun, I know, and take it too. back and shoot her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, when, uh, yeah, when like he when it pans up and like he's like loading the gun and she's still in the background like she hasn't run away and it isn't the most dangerous game i was kind of like oh is he gonna walk back there and just do it but i'm really glad he didn't Uh, i think this is a much more authentic and interesting direction i think you know it's it's so easy to say like oh well when boyd finds out he's gonna kill her uh and i think that the thing that you know we forgot i don't think that we ever really discussed this as a possibility is boyd crowder loves ava crowder uh, and if he can find an excuse not to kill Ava Crowder in this moment, I think he's going to seize that for better or for worse. I mean, he's certainly made uh, decisions in the past that are not necessarily in his best interest in terms of surviving, like actual survival. If it was an actual survival mood move, he would probably kill her right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are reasons to believe that that's not how Boyd always operates. And there's so much history between these two at this point that, like, it, it makes sense. The way that the scene shook out and with Ava Crowder being as strong of a character as she is and being as, like, a, such a strong-willed person who just, like, tells it like it is in this moment and doesn't bullshit him in terms of what she's saying. I mean, certainly possible that she's stringing him along in some capacity right now. But what she's saying is true. All of the stuff that she's saying is true. Um, I feel like... Uh, I don't know. It, it really works for me. It, it really does that that Boyd doesn't kill her here. And I'm really glad he doesn't because I we're kind of I mean, who knows what direction it goes. But one of the possible directions it can go now is legit sort of Bonnie Clyde type of thing. You know, like these two really back in each other's good graces, even if it's a shaky uh, thing, like a shakier thing than before. But it could be that like they've been forged by this fire that they've just been through and they could be stronger than ever. So the directions that they can go now with this secret out in the open is really cool. And just another reason why I'm loving the pace of, of this final season that had been a little bit slower uh, for a while. And we'd, we'd acknowledge that. And the reason why I think you and I were still captivated by the season was just the dialogue was great. The chess pieces were inching forward into an interesting place. Now we're in the interesting place and we still have so many episodes left. You know, that joke of, well, what's going to happen now with only two episodes left of Justified? There's still, you know, a good handful of episodes of Justified. And I'm glad that they didn't wait for this reveal for like the penultimate episode, because that's something that very easily could have happened uh, on another high profile FX drama that I won't name right now. Um, so I think, so I think, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm rambling, but I'm, I'm just in love with this final season and I'm real, really in love with this scene. And I'm really glad that Boyd is in love with Ava and didn't kill her because I think the possibilities coming from this story are really, really cool. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, uh, just kind of finishing this up. I, I would say that, uh, that I, I mean, I completely agree with all that. And I would say further that I don't know where, where we're going to go. I'm glad she's alive and I'm glad to see the next shoe that I want to see drop is the, uh, is the seat. There's this shoe with Raylan. Raylan is going to come back to her and be like, Hey, what happened with Bullettville and all of that? And, and we're going to have to see how that plays out. And I'm, and I'm interested to see if she tells Raylan that what happened with Boyd. And then, then, then there's a double, double deal. Like, are we going to get that deep with it? Is she going to try to play Raylan and he's going to know, and he's going to be in a position where he doesn't know what to do about it. I don't know about any of that. We still have the story with, uh, what's going on with robbing the money. And I don't think that's going to be a MacGuffin. We still have Zachariah wondering, around out there ty walker sort of a loose end and now that now that uh our buddy choo choo's out of the mix and ty walker's on the run with nowhere else to go maybe he does try to turn himself in and turn states and i don't know where that goes uh or maybe ultimately that that he just goes down in a in a, a gunfight next episode or somebody takes him out or or he's kind of a rogue that's out there in play i don't know um but uh but i'm glad ava's still around because if she'd been killed here i i, I legitimately wouldn't know what the falling action from that would be and and I don't know how he would have got through the last six or seven episodes. So, you know, kudos to them for keeping her alive. Uh, and also at the same time, making me feel like she was seconds away from death at every point. Yeah. So that's, well, I mean, that's he'd already stuff. killed Dewey Crow. So like, it's like from there, like what, what more can he do? He could, he could do a lot. Uh, but I feel like it is one thing for Boyd to kill Dewey Crow and for, to ask the audience to still root for him. But I think once Boyd crosses the line and kills Ava Crowder, uh, you can't root for Boyd anymore. And I think that the show wants us to still feel torn between Raylan and Boyd because that's been the show. You know, the show is like Raylan is on the right side of the law and you love him because he's a badass and he's the good guy. He's the white hat. But Boyd is a badass who's on the wrong side of the law and you like him because he's a badass with the black hat. But he's also got, you know, these redeeming qualities. He's had he's had this crazy journey. He's had this uh, been on this road of self-discovery and different identities and just a really complex journey that I think that, you know, as an audience member, you're supposed to be torn between like which one of these characters is your favorite character. Uh, And I think that the moment that you have, I mean, there's probably a portion of the audience, maybe even people listening to this right now, be like, "Ah, I'd be fine if you killed Ava because some people are terrible uh, who just don't like Ava Crowder. You're not terrible. You're entitled to your opinion. But uh, I think for the majority and I think, you know, from from. Uh, a story perspective I think the moment that he pulls the trigger on Ava given everything that we're seeing Ava go through the moment he kills her is the moment you can no longer root for Boyd and I don't think that we want that to happen at least not with this uh, much time left in the season. All right, Antonio, let's let's wrap up the episode. There's just this one final scene where Winona is leaving and they're talking about how they're going to give this a shot. What do you think? 50-50 shot? Eh, 51-49. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, but she says, I'll see you soon. And he says, yes, you will. Um, so that's where we leave the episode. Any comments on that scene or do you think we've covered it? I'm a little worried uh, know, that that might too. be the last time they see each other, oh, but uh, I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I hope not too. But uh, it is. Possible. I'm going to worry about that until the season's over. With I know, me. I know, uh, or at least until we see them again, get some sort of confirmation that she's okay. My only hope is that you know because uh, Natalie Z is not a uh, series regular, that maybe she only has like a couple of episodes that she can pop in and in and out on. So uh, maybe she will go away for a while and not come back until the finale. That's my hope. That would be nice. I'd be down with that. 
Anyway, all right, that's The Hunt. That's uh, episode seven of season six. Anything else, Antonio, or should we wrap this up? Remember when we said we were going to do this quick and this is actually probably longer than some of our other podcasts? Yeah, that's what happens. We tend to do that. <laughs> yep. All happens. right, well, let's let's wrap it up because I got places to be, you got places to be, uh, all of you have places to be. Um, and uh, thanks so much for listening. This is a great episode uh, of Justified, hopefully a very good episode of the podcast for you guys. Next week is going to be really fun. Antonio, I can't wait. That's going to be really awesome to get to pound some whiskey and talk justified might get a little sloppy along the way but uh, uh you have the warning right now everybody <laughs> oh my gosh it's gonna be um, what am i signing up for uh so you're signing up for something serious it's gonna be i like good. it it's gonna be pretty good all right follow antonio on twitter he's at ac mazzaro two z's one r i'm at round howard like ron howard but rounder uh if you made it this far if you made it to the end uh hashtag should we go comic sans I, 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 no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. We, we can do that if you want. What did you want? What did you want? Yeah, no, we're going to do Comic Sans with a Z. Yes, exactly. Got comic, it. Comic Sans with a Z at the end. Uh, it is a hashtag that has been used, but not often. So we'll, we'll find you. We'll know who you are. Uh, and again, if you want to subscribe to what we're doing here on the Justified Podcast, postshowrecaps.com slash justified iTunes or the RSS feed is postshowrecaps.com slash justified. And if you just want to subscribe to what we're doing here on postshowrecaps, Generally speaking, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes is the best way to do it. You can follow us on YouTube as well, postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube, and on Twitter at postshowrecaps. Lots of places you can follow us. Lots of places. Lots of things going on. Uh, Antonio's talking about Better Call Saul. I'm talking about Walking Dead. Uh, both of us talking with Rob Sestrino about those shows. Lots of things going on here, so everybody should be listening. Very fun stuff here at Post Show Recaps. Very fun stuff on Justified, and we will see you all next week. Bye, Antonio. Cheers. Cheers.